Welcome to Game Set Matchup, the podcast where we talk everything partnerships, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, hello, everyone. So I'm Carl Busby, your host of Game Set Matchup, so number one partnerships podcast. And we are back today with another episode. Um, so on today's episode, we've got with Joel Blake, um, OBE, uh, who is the founder of a business called uh, GFA Exchange. So who are GFA Exchange, you might ask? So these are a B2B fintech firm that assists finance providers and fintech companies in improving inclusion within their financing and business support models. Um, they also help to mitigate uh, risk and to help lower the costs in the process as well. Uh, they've won many awards, uh, including the award for fintech of the year 2023 best credit risk management and platform in the wealth and finance international awards. So Joel has a wealth of experience um, in different businesses and is extremely passionate about diversity and inclusion uh, and helping businesses that wouldn't you know, normally get uh, a look in and just basically helping them to finance and support their new businesses. Uh, Joel talks a bit about how he got his OBE uh, and we talk in detail about how partnerships play a big role uh, you know, in his current business and in uh, just in general. Uh, as always, we get his uh, top tips and advice on um, how to have high performing teams and most importantly, you know, the right culture. Uh, within a business to help it thrive. Uh, so without further ado, enjoy this week's episode. Cool. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gainset Matchup. So this is a podcast where we discuss uh, all things partnerships. Um, maybe you're new to the partnerships world, uh, looking for a bit of advice on how to get started, or you know, you might be an experienced pro and uh, looking for a more inspirational direction. So whichever one it is, we thank you for, for tuning in. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Carl Busby, and uh, please welcome our guest today, is Joel Blake OBE from GFA Exchange. Hello and welcome, Joel. Hi, good afternoon, Carl. How are you? Very well, very well. As yeah. always, thank you very much for taking the time to come and uh, 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 speak to us. We always, always uh, appreciate it. Um, so yeah, look, uh, again, we'll um, start off as we usually do, just like to just get a bit of an overview, right? So just to know, uh, um, obviously, who you are, so we can tell our, our listeners um, a little bit more about, uh, you know, sort of your background, what you're currently doing, obviously, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, GFA Exchange. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you, you want to, you can also talk about, well, you know, the how you got your OBE. Entirely up to you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you all. It's a pleasure to, to be here, and thanks for inviting me on. Um, my my journey has been one of, I suppose, an eclectic, um, one of hills and valleys, I suppose. Um, I, I started life as a social entrepreneur, um, wanting to make a difference for young people who, I didn't feel we're getting the right start in education. Yeah. Um, that then moved into a recruitment company, moved into a consultancy that began to specialize in diversity and inclusion. Um, and along that way to that point, it was very much around wanting to make a difference in the world, wanting to give everyone the best opportunity to grow. And, and partnerships were certainly core to that in terms of collaborations that we made. Yeah. We worked with international companies right through to grassroots. Um, but in 2012, I kind of moved into the world of financing and um, looked at the fact that there were many people who wanted to start businesses but weren't getting access to the finance that they needed because yeah. they didn't seem to fit the box, whether it was about um, their gender, their race, disability, the sector that they're in, yeah. the size of the organisation, whatever the difference was. Yeah. Um, and that became something that really reignited this, this desire to do well but do good. Um, and so I I co-founded a lending firm with two colleagues and we went on to fund about 700 UK SMEs. Wow. Um, and 
it was an exciting journey because we scaled the business really quickly, which contrary to popular belief, scaling a business fast is not necessarily always the best thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. build the processes and systems along the way. Um, but we we was able to achieve that. But then I could see that there were so many people who were still not getting the support that they required because they didn't fit the credit risk models or they didn't fit the financial models yeah. that we were looking at. Um, so we were part of the problem. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I moved into fintech and decided to use technology as a way of democratizing access to finance. And so in 2019, I founded a GFA exchange and here we are four years later as a as an award-winning fintech that's still got that core passion of wanting to do good, but we are absolutely focused on using data and technology and collaborating with organizations who want to help businesses and having that shared value of, of driving change by helping people get access to the finest that they need, regardless of any difference that they have. Um, yeah. And so... It's been a really a, a wild journey and in between. I've worked in government, done some stuff with well, local government, sorry, um, policy work, um, was an ambassador for the UK for entrepreneurship, um, oh. advised down in street on various different things. So I've had oh. a bad little journey, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not a famous street at all. Uh. <laughs> but I like to think I'm still kind of grounded enough to, to really feel yeah. passionate about seeing a business grow regardless because you know it's about making sure they can contribute to society but contribute to families themselves yeah. and, and everything else absolutely no that's amazing i mean um yeah so many things such as you said it's quite a, quite an a, a eclectic uh the sort of things there um i think it's just amazing uh you know being able to do something like that you must you know get a lot of also job satisfaction i guess out of you know being able to help uh, you know, businesses and and, uh, and and people that potentially wouldn't have necessarily got, you know, that that that, that uh, money or the funding or the help, yeah. you know, um, elsewhere. Um, so I think that's, you know, just a great, you know, it's great, 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 great thing to be, uh, great thing to be doing. Um, I'll just touch, obviously, I know we just talked about the, with the, um, you know, obviously the OBE again, that was just obviously, congrats, a great thing to, to have. Just how did that, uh, just, just very briefly, how did that sort of come about? Yeah, so with the work that um, we did in the finance company, um, part of that work was built upon what we'd done at grassroots level. So right. um, I'd gone into, well, prior to me getting into that business, I'd gone into working with young offenders who were like six months before they came out. Yeah, We've helped them, train them on entrepreneurship, taking those entrepreneurial skills, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, a, in a better way, should we say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and then built up into working with across different organizations, social entrepreneurs and so forth. So I used to do design programs and deliver them for people who didn't feel that entrepreneurship was for them. Right. So taking that journey through into working with government and, and funding the number of SMEs that we did. Um, one of the partners that we were working with um, put me in for, for the award with, with, with the Royal family. And, and, you know, I, I wasn't aware they didn't tell me, Oh wow! Okay. they put me in. Um, I only knew when a letter came through the door saying you've, you've, you've achieved this award <laughs> and get ready wow. for the that's going to come. So it was wow. a complete shock, but it was, yeah. it was yeah. amazing that someone had saw something yeah. in the passion that I had and the purpose yeah. that I was working on. Um, I felt that I was wor worth that. And yeah. so I got to Buckingham Palace with, my wife, my my parents, and being able to spend that special day with them, particularly 
parents coming from the the Caribbean as well. Yeah, where, yeah. You know, the Queen and the mother country, especially in the sixties and seventies, it was like Time. England was the Nirvana, so to speak, in terms yeah, of you know, yeah. they had the tea towels, they had the teacups and everything with the Queen's face on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So to be Buckingham Palace because of the effort they'd put in in the early days and then my wife and the support she's given me um, in, in the kind of the early and the darker days of, of trying to yeah. grow a business. It was just a great moment for, for us as a family. Yeah. No, just, that's brilliant. I was just, I was going to congrats again. I think it's just amazing that I said you didn't know that you'd uh, been put, obviously you'd been put forward to it. I think maybe sometimes in that's a good thing in the sense of if you had known, then obviously <laughs> you may be sitting there thinking, oh, you know, is it going to happen? The fact that you didn't know and just get a letter that that's uh, in- incredible. But um, no, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So congrats again. Um, so just, yeah, just um, again, keeping on sort of, uh, you know, theme of partnerships, which is what Finder's all about. So just uh, obviously with, um, you know, with uh, uh, GFA Exchange, what would you say, you know, for this business would be, uh, you know, a gold star partnership? So something that, you know, uh, you know, we talk about all the time with partnerships, they need to be, uh, you know, you want it to be reciprocal. So both, you know, obviously people are getting uh, obviously something out of it. So yeah, just um, what would your, what would, you know, what would a gold star partnership look like for yeah, sure. uh, someone at, at GFA Exchange? Well, after kind of, you know, 20 odd years in this space and being on, I guess, this side of the fence now in, in relation to technology, um, for us, it's about partnerships that enable us to work with organisations who, are committed to helping other businesses to grow, whether it's through access to finance or access to tailored business support. Mm-hmm. Um, and by partnering with us, what we can produce is the data and the intelligence as to how an individual business is growing in yeah. relation to their performance, Yeah, as well as insight into what is actually going to help them to perform better or indeed what is actually going to make them have a reduction in their performance over time. So we can produce the reports and the data that can help feed into the processes of our partners and their solutions for their clients and their networks. Yeah. So GFA was designed in partnership in mind from the beginning. We can produce the information and we can produce the recommendations, but we have to work in partnership with organizations to really drive our impact um, on the businesses. And so, you know, for us, it's about shared values and a shared commitment to to support in other organizations you know that's yeah. where that aligns with us personally our yeah. team it aligns with my values personally but as an organization and in the space that we're in and the networks that we have it really helps to to have that kind of shared valued and collaborative approach yeah yeah and no, i really like that we um you know we obviously ask this question obviously a lot of businesses and that is one of the key things that you know uh, people do come back with about you know having those you know those uh shared um values you know uh, uh between uh, the two businesses because uh can can help to make you know things go a long way obviously we you know sometimes things don't obviously work out um you know so, and, 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 and that's part of partnerships right you you kind Absolutely. of get that compromise yep. you know I, i've certainly learned in my journey that even if you have shared bridges at the beginning life is life and things will happen Absolutely. Whether it's the partners that you work with in the business or organizational partners that you work with externally, there's always going to be rub and friction and challenges. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and for me, I've always gone back to well, what's the purpose of us working in partnership in the first place? Yeah. Is this yeah. about making money? Well, it should be. Yeah. Because yeah. we're in business. Absolutely. But also, on top of that, what is it that we're trying to achieve? Yeah. What does profit look like? What does yeah. added value look like? What does impact really look like for us as a partnership? Yeah. And so, for GFA Exchange, our core partnership 
financial services firms, lenders, investors, um, consultancy organizations who want added value information to help them to do more. But we can also work with non-financial organizations too, who want to be able to provide added value through the business intelligence that we provide, whether they are individual consultancies or, or you know, firms who just want to do more and do well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. it is that what's the purpose and, and that is always key. That's always the first question we always ask. What is it that we want to achieve together? What does yeah. that look like from a time perspective? And then how do we make that happen? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. Um, just, uh, I was just keeping on the theme just a little bit. Um, I mean, one of the you know uh, things uh, so obviously do it, uh, Finder. You know, uh, we're all about partnerships, and we're helping you know business to get that first kind of discovery call, discovery call, um, and have that you know uh, conversation you know with a potential um, you know um, um, partner. Um, so, uh, you know, for, just for yourself, how would you say at the moment? So, how are you going about? Um, you know, creating them, right? So in terms of obviously you've got something, you've got this profile, but in terms of the actual the clients or the people that, you know, you want to you want to talk to all the organisations, um, how are you currently, you know, uh, uh, going about actually speaking to these people or, you know, starting those sort of conversations? Yeah, well, we, we have a bit of a, what, what I call a two-pronged approach, really. So we have a, a very clear uh, digital marketing activity and, and, and approach. So yep. um, we do a lot of, blogs and, and kind of videos, yep. uh, leadership from, from my perspective. Um, the team provide great opportunities of research, which we try and share as well with the market generally. Yep. Um, and that enables us to engage with people who um, are the types of people who would find that interesting and therefore want to move that forward. Not everybody's your customer. Um, and so we're really trying to home in on on who has that shared value and that shared understanding of what we yeah. want to achieve and where that aligns with what they want to do. Yeah. But then from a personal point of view, I, I like to think I'm quite active out there in trying to share, um, I guess, the purpose. Um, you know, for me, so I'm, I'm, I'm still an avid believer that every business should get access to the support that they need, regardless of any difference they have. Yeah. That is both a personal and a professional purpose for me. Yeah. So I'm often doing a lot of talks around around that and you know, breaking into different ways of leadership, entrepreneurship, diversity, what have you. Yeah. Um, but using me as an asset mm. in, and and being able to again connect with other people on that in that way. Yeah. Because I think once you've got a commonality, then you can build great business relationships on the back of that. Yeah. Um, I don't believe. It's going to sound quite controversial, but yeah. I don't believe in the need to have to sell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I believe in the need to have to add value. Yeah, I love that. And if I'm always adding value, you're selling naturally anyway. It's whether you can attract enough people with enough of that problem to be able to be commercially successful. Yeah, so no, that's good. So having no, that mindset always has always helped. Yeah, yeah, no, that's brilliant. I, I, I just love that, you know. I love that sort of uh, comment that we said. But it's not not about obviously, you know, uh, selling. I mean, we all know every business to a degree is obviously selling something. But you know, the, the way you approach, especially when it comes to partnerships, if yeah. you can find something where you said you can add that that value, it becomes a much more natural conversation <laughs> rather rather than leading with, oh, I can, you know, do do you want this? And they go, yeah, but what, how does that work? What is what's that going to do for me? Then it completely complete opposite way around. Doesn't tend to go too far after that. To be fair. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think, no, I think it's a human nature thing, Carl, as well. Because I yeah. think 
you know, business is about people first. Absolutely. We, we sometimes get sucked into the hype and the novelty of being in business and, and we forget that business is driven by people. And mm -hmm. people are illogical, they have biases, they yeah. have their own views on things by nature. Yeah. So if you're driving that through a business, the business is going to have its own way of wanting to do things in the way that it thinks is right for them. And the commerciality of that is going to determine whether that's right or wrong. Yeah. But if you're adding value to how someone is thinking or the bias that they have, yeah. obviously providing it's a positive bias, not a negative. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if it's a negative, you find a solution to turn that around. But if you're, focused your added value on what their needs are from their perspective then you'll always do good business yeah yeah no absolutely i love that um and then uh, just move on to our next question this again might link in a little bit there so, so you know, some of the things you've just said there um you know one of the questions we always used to uh, we always like to ask is just around um you know so you, you obviously got you know tons of experience now in terms of um, also some of the things that you've done different types of businesses if you can go back you know, if you can think back, obviously you still you know, look quite young to me, but if you can go back uh, a little bit, um, you know, for when you was younger and, um, you know, sort of first starting out um, and like any, you know, is there any kind of advice or tips that you would probably, you could give to yourself, you know, now, uh, so yeah, you know, back then, yeah. uh, which you know, Phil would have, uh, you know, would have, <laughs> sometimes it could just be sometimes it can be just like one you know just one small thing it might you know sometimes it's just like a, a mindset thing um in terms of you know how you would approach you know you know something um so yeah just any any sort of what you would give you your youngest younger self yeah great great question um wow if i think back to <laughs> when i start so i've got about five or six of my instrument yeah yeah <laughs> I, 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 think, I think i need a long couch here to lie down yeah. <laughs> I think when I first started, I think the naivety of being in business and thinking it's an overnight success type thing. Um, I think if I was to talk to my younger self with that mentality that I that I had then, and I, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that, um, it was make sure you've got a problem to solve. Mm -hmm. um, you can have this great idea about what you want to do, and it comes from your mind and your logic and your experience. But if no one has got that problem, yeah, yeah, it's got a very expensive hobby. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants that, you know. So yeah, I like that. Um, make sure you've got a problem to solve. Yeah, um, and then make sure there's enough people with that problem. Because mm. um, yeah. there's a, a subset of that. Yeah. I think also if I think back, slightly up from when I first started, but when yeah. you start getting into the mix of okay, that revenue is coming in a little bit now. I'm now in business, you know learn to manage your money master master your money then you can multiply your money right yeah yeah i think if you don't manage that revenue that's coming in in the right way and management from a point of view of okay you know you've got enough in to cover your costs yeah what's the percentage of that you got to put into investing in the business what are you putting in for reserves like if you're not really managing your money properly at some point something will come the curveball will come and then the money you were generating gets taken away mm. in some mm. shape or form. Mm. So always yeah. plan as if you don't have money, even uh, when you have it. Yeah. Um, and so the managing and the mastering and the multiplying is is kind of a, the three M's that I wish I'd known in some of those yeah. earlier days, particularly at those early growth stages where yeah. you're kind of getting a bit complacent because you're not worrying. 
yeah. you can see three, six, 12 months worth of revenue lined up. You're like, okay, cool. I'm all right. Yeah, you start good. thinking about cars and holidays. Yeah, yeah. Holidays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you forget that you've got to pay for people. You've got a responsibility to your staff. You've got a responsibility to your stakeholders. You've got a responsibility to those who trusted you to continually deliver that value. Yeah. Past the actual line of when that revenue runs out. Yeah. And yeah. so you, you've got to be five, 10 steps ahead. So that when you are in that slightly more relaxed zone, it's because you've got those plans in place. It's because you know what's going to happen if the worst was to happen. Yeah. No. Um, so I'd say those yeah. are the two two biggest things that come to mind. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, really, really powerful. I think, uh, you know, I mean, the comment about, you know, uh, with the money, uh, I mean, that's uh, obviously a business and it, it also goes into personal life as well. You know, you should always be, you know, uh, like you said, kind of just thinking, you know, not what so we're uh, and doom sort of thing, but like you know that worst case scenario, you know, you, yeah, things are going well. You've got something coming in, but like you said, if the curveball comes, something happens. I mean, I'm sure it's happened to you know it's happened to loads loads of people who haven't, and then you know you, you you've got nothing. Suddenly, suddenly you don't have a you know you haven't got a business anymore, um, which is obviously you know worst case scenario. So yeah, no, I think that's you know some really 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 good uh, really good advice. Um, Again, just uh, keeping on that sort of theme. Um, so obviously you've worked in lots of different businesses. Um, sure you've worked in lots of, you know, lots of teams, whether that be maybe potentially like managing a team or working within a sort of team together. Um, what would you say, uh, you know, do you have any sort of like tips when it comes to, you know, creating, you know, sort of like a, a high performing team um, and also, you know, having a good culture or like, you know, the right culture within you know, a business um, can make, can make a break sometimes in terms of uh you know uh, how a business operates also you know the people you have working there that you know the talent that you might have within the business to, to keep you know to keep people you know in, in a business you know you've got to have uh you know the right sort of routines that culture and uh you know uh, stuff going on because you know, otherwise you know it's not rocket science people you know people <laughs> people leave to go find something better don't they so yeah um yeah so i said yeah, any sort of uh, advisor experience you know just on 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 that kind of uh, that topic um, I would say the first thing is make sure there is a a collective vision that everyone feels they have ownership of. Mm. Mm. I think sometimes in business, as the founder or the CEO or whatever title you give yourself, um, you have this singular vision mm. and you drive your whole leadership around that vision. Yeah, That's not a bad thing. But people need to feel that they can have some ownership of that vision and therefore can see where their efforts are going into will, will feed into and yeah. they have a sense of empowerment about that. Um one of my mentors taught me many years ago that our role as leaders is to create the frame but empower others to paint the picture. Yeah, oh, I love that. Um yeah. and that's always stuck with me because yeah. The frame is what's going to help keep everything together. Yeah. But people are looking at the picture, they're not looking at the quality of the frame. Yeah. <laughs> no one's interested in whether you use a, a yeah. or what type of artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're looking at the picture. In fact, they're looking at the yeah. detail of the picture. Yeah. And it's, and it's the people in your team who are going to create that detail. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they need to feel they're part of that that the overall picture. Yeah. Um I think, you know. Diversity and inclusion is is absolutely a core a core element of all that I I do. Um, yeah, yeah. Not from the moral and social case for diversity because I think that's a given. Yeah. Um, I think people get that they understand that, or if they don't, then it, it, I'm worried about that. Yeah. 
think it's more about how you leverage in the right way, leverage diversity inclusion to create change. Yeah. Um, and that comes from having a diversity of people, which brings the diversity of thinking, diversity of ideas, and having a multiple view on a given situation. Yeah. It's, it's funny, I um, I was once involved, well, I designed a workshop and then in the workshop, someone gave me some feedback. Yeah. They said that um, they felt that everyone was, there was one particular part I was talking about and everyone was saying that they felt that everyone was looking at the same thing in different ways. Mm. Mm. Um, and then we started discussing and then we came up with the analogy of, you know, the infinity sign, that kind of, oh, yeah. imagine number eight and it's on yeah, its, yeah, yeah, on its yeah, side. Yeah. We were talking, we said, you know, some people would see that as a number eight. Yep. Some people would see that as a pretzel. Yeah, that's some true. people would see it as an infinity sign. Yeah. Some people yeah. would see it as a scalextric track. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Know, the theme being that everyone yeah. looks at something in different ways. Yeah, but that's a okay. great thing because you've got the opportunity to have different perspective and views. Yeah. Um, so diversity inclusion is essential in any team at any level of team in an organization. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. But alongside of that, I guess the third thing I would probably say around teams is leaders have to be accountable mm-hmm. and be um, willing to be vulnerable with that accountability. Yeah, yeah. Because as a team, your team will hold you to account if you're not going to deliver on what you're saying you're delivering. Mm. And you're responsible for what they do or don't deliver. Yeah. So as a team, there needs to be a a real connected and integrated view on who's doing what. And where accountability lies in individual job roles, but also accountability as a team and accountability as an organization. And as long as everyone's clear and has an understanding of that, yeah. Then you've got that level of transparency that drives a, a highly productive and high functioning team. Yeah. Because remember, yeah. it's about people. Yeah. Um, and if people feel they know what they're doing and what they're going to be owning and what they're going to be accountable for, then they will deliver or not. But at least everyone knows. Yeah. And that's the key, key, key thing for me. So those are the three things I'll say, Carl. No, oh, it's just amazing. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, well, the, the you know, I probably will steal the one with the frame in the pit. I think that's brilliant. Uh, I really like. I've never heard that analogy before. So um, that is uh, that's a, that is really really good. And like you said as well, just you know, that is just so true. People do just see things uh, differently. You know, like you said, looking at eight, I didn't know things pretzel, scale electric track, all that. You know, like you said, it's just the way everyone looks at it slightly differently. It's not it's not a, in a bad or a bad thing. It's just they're just they're just coming from you know sort of different angle. That can help. I mean, for me, that can help people in so many different ways you know you look at something in a particular way someone else and you know you'll find different challenges or see you know problems that someone else wouldn't have necessarily saw so i think that is that is really uh that's really really powerful um cool let's uh just um just uh conscious of time just uh, our last uh, uh question so just for yourself obviously things have changed massively uh over the last few years i mean obviously the most obvious one is with covid and how that's you know accelerated technologies um you know, for people working from, uh, from home or hybrid working. Um, and um, yeah, you know, obviously there's, there's lots of, lots of things going on, obviously in the AI space, all, all sorts of, all sorts of things uh, that are, um, you know, starting to sort of to, to, to appear. What do you say, um, you know, for, uh, for GFA, is there anything that you think 
um you know you'll be sort of doing differently um or like you know you think what sort of the you know the future holds in terms of like how you would go about things obviously i know you obviously talked about you know uh, at the moment obviously you use a lot of digital marketing and obviously you do you know, to talks and networks but it can you see is there anything you can see at the moment what you think you know what we've got like projected next year two years or whatever in terms of like you know how you might do things you know uh, sort of like sort of differently um in the future with you know with the tools and the technologies and stuff that are now starting to starting to come into play it's another great question Carl. but yeah a bit of a cop out i'll be honest is that <laughs> two years is too far ahead yeah i think things are changing so rapidly yeah um that we you know we work on 90-day cycles in our business right we 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 have you know we have our long-term plan of course and we know where where the end goal is for us as an organization yeah but even that is a short term we we that's a flexible end goal yeah. um just because things change so rapidly yeah, yeah. our business really functions on 90-day cycles yeah. um that being said you know over the next couple of years i certainly can see us doing a lot more in terms of research um putting out deeper intelligence about the the needs of businesses yeah feeding that intelligence into wider partnerships yeah um so not just working directly with businesses and themselves but maybe influencing policy yeah. um, down the line in terms of business support particularly in the uk yeah um, because the business support structure is highly fragmented yeah um and you know if you're a cream of the crop business even you're being challenged yeah. Um, so if you're a small SME or whatever, it's even more difficult. So, you know, being able to provide information that can help change the infrastructure of support for businesses is, is definitely a goal for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of the impact of uh, generative AI and how that's affecting all businesses in all sectors, that's yeah. something that we certainly are aware of and are yeah. constantly keeping ourselves abreast of. Um, yeah. Yep. we use we designed our own automation ai within our own technology okay um okay. so we we don't use third-party ai we, we designed our own so we we are in that kind of space but that space is moving so quickly as well yeah it's changing um, yeah so we, we have to be aware of that yeah and i think but i think but from a collaborative and a partnership point of view yeah it's about trying to create more partnerships that can have even larger impacts so it's about um, making sure that we can create sustainable change, yeah, as well as great commercial growth, yeah. both for ourselves and our partners. Like that, yeah. Um, and so it's it's always going to be for us about that balance between commerciality and social impact. Yeah, if we yeah. sit in one or the other camps, we lose our core purpose. Yeah, yeah. And so we are absolutely unapologetically sitting in the convergence of the two. Mm. Um, but utilizing technology, information, and yep. partnerships to really kind of cement our niche within a niche, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yeah, no, that's brilliant. Um, as I think, you know, I'm sorry, I always, I always touch obviously on AI because it's kind of the buzzword, obviously, at the moment, with so much going on as you that's in that sort of space, and it is literally changing all the time. But you know, again, uh, as you said, specific to your business, there, you know, made some, uh, you know, obviously, uh, obviously, good points in terms of, um, you know, like I said, it's different for for everyone. Obviously, your uh, the, the cycle and the way that you sort of work with things as obviously short term, but you know, obviously, you, there is obviously a, a long term, obviously, goal there ultimately. Yeah. I hear that, Carl, but, but so, something to check. But one thing I would 
say, and maybe for your, your listeners to this is, yeah, AI is not just about use of AI in technology and businesses who are kind of switched onto it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think any business in any sector can utilize technology in more effective ways. I think there is still a perception that AI is going to replace people. Yeah, definitely. And and I think we just need to bear in mind that it's people who create the AI mm. in the first yeah. place. Yes, it will learn and yeah. you know, we don't want to get into total recall from the AI. It's over the world. But yeah. the reality is that AI can be an assistance to the work that people do. Yeah. So I would encourage organizations to venture into the space to look at how it can add value in terms of efficiency, um, scalability, and and growth for their organization rather than see it as something over there, the big bad wolf that's going to take over. It's more about utilizing it to your advantage to be able to then accelerate the impact that you want to create in your business for whom you want to create it for. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah, I think, you know, you're spot on. Um, I mean, I know just for myself, and I don't know, obviously, lots about it, but there is still that, you know, sort of perception. But it doesn't help you see things on, you know, you see things on YouTube where they're, you know, interviewing robots who have, you know, AI yeah. and and so that obviously feeds into, you know, a lot of it. And like you said, you know, people do think it's going to be some sort of Terminator style uh, <laughs> or that's going to happen uh, in the future. But um, yeah, I, I think, you know, like you said, I think uh, um, businesses do really have to focus on how, look at how it can, you know, help accelerate stuff rather than sort of it being a replacement so um listen uh i've absolutely been a, a pleasure uh obviously catching up with you giles i really appreciate you um you know obviously coming and speaking to us uh but we've uh, said come to come to the end and um yeah again just yeah thanks very much for coming and sharing your experiences and uh and the apologies really really appreciate it no thank you for your time once again i appreciate you asking me to come along it's been been great and i wish finder is success yeah thanks very much all right cheers for joining this week's game set matchup tune in to hear more about the need to knows and the do's and don'ts when it comes to creating successful business partnerships